Now you are family. No, it's Russian. <laughs> it's yeah. Russian. God, what a beautiful morning in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. There's sun shining through the windows. Yeah. Uh, I want to sleep for five more hours, but my bladder said, no, no, get up. Yes. Go to the bathroom. I was awoken this morning by uh, children playing outside of my window. Your worst nightmare. Yep. Um, <laughs> not, a, not a big kids gal, I got to say. That's okay. I mean, I don't yeah. even think mm, – I guess some people really, like, love kids. I think they're fine. And, like, when I was tutoring and stuff, I, like, you know, have an affinity for kids who I, like, knew. Mm -hmm. But the thought of just being, like, oh, I want to, like, wake up and play with someone else's kids. I'm, like, no, like, play. Mm -mm. I get playing with your own kids. Yeah. I don't know. I was – I've been a nanny for many years and babysat a lot of children. And it's it's not like I don't like children. I just – I've never – I've never found myself like enchanted by a baby or by a child like other people are. Like I don't look at them and I'm I'm not like, oh my god. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm just kinda like, what's up? How you doing? But you you know who loves children? Who? Literally all the family members in the fucking movie we're about to yes. talk about. Shall we just, like, head right into it? We'll just head right into it. Today we are doing 2002's romantic comedy smash hit, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. The crowd is cheering. The crowd is roaring. Mm -hmm. I watched this movie a lot growing up. And now I'm like, did I watch it a lot or did I just watch it one time? It's very memorable. Mm. Um, I watched this movie with my parents when I was growing up. Many quotable scenes. Yes, yes. It's just like a really wholesome movie, honestly. Like you could watch this with your parents and not feel oh, yeah. totally insane. Yeah, I watched <laughs> this a lot. Like in my household growing up, we'd watch it all the time because we had it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's just – I was so happy the whole time I was watching it. I was just like, well, it's this. like a beautiful family story. It's about yeah. a woman figuring out what she wants to do in life and making that happen for herself mm-hmm. after kind of like neglecting her own needs for a really long time. Yeah. We found out in our research that my big fat Greek wedding started out as a stage show um, and it was based on Nia's life. And then it was produced by Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. Because yeah. I think Rita Wilson saw the stage show and was like, yeah. we got to make this happen. Yeah, she like brought Tom Hanks to go and see it. And after like Nia found out that Tom Hanks saw the show, like her friend kept like prank calling her, like pretending to be him. <laughs> and so when Tom Hanks actually called her, she was like, haha, very funny. And he was like, no, I'm, I am, I am Tom Hanks for real. Uh, my bad. Yeah. And then they made the movie. And, you know, like, because it's based on her life, like, the character of Ian is based on her um, now ex-husband, Ian Gomez, who actually plays Ian's best friend, Mike, in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny that they cast, I mean, I guess you have to cast the leading man as, like, the tall, dark, handsome, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's funny because in the movie, like, the lead is, like, a tall mm-hmm. man with, like, lots of hair. And yeah. Ian Gomez, her real-life husband, is, like, shorter and bald and kind of chubby. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. We also found out that it is one of the highest grossing rom-coms, if not the highest grossing, because I did see, Mm -hmm. I read this in an article from 2017, so I don't know if things have changed since then, Mm -hmm. but it was made on a $5 million budget, which for like a major motion picture. Not a lot. Yeah. It's usually, I want to say, no, I'm not going to even estimate because I want to say 20,000, but maybe it's not. 20 million? Yes, 20 million. Yes. Yeah. But 5 million, so it's a really small budget, but it earned yeah. more than $360 million. Insane. Wild. I hope everyone's living off that, my big fat Greek wedding money. Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. It was also shot right here in ye old Toronto. In Christina's apartment. Yeah. It was shot right in my apartment, actually. <laughs> um, I do live in the Portocalos house. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, like, a really big Greek community here. And Nia is – she's from I – be, I believe she's from Manitoba. She's not from Ontario, but she went to Ryerson, which is a university here in Toronto. Yeah, and they use that university as the university in the Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a huge Greek population here, and a lot of the food that they had on set was donated by local Greek restaurants because their budget was, like, teeny, teeny, tiny. So that was really cool. cool. Yeah. I feel like Toronto is often used as, like, a stand-in for... I mean, New York and then Seattle. I feel like I don't often see it used as like a stand-in for Chicago. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've never been to Chicago, but I was kind of like, yeah, Yeah. I buy it. I've been once and I was like, I wouldn't be able to tell. I have no idea. I'm like, unless the the bean is in the shot, then there's no way of knowing. Sorry if you're from Chicago. Sorry to that bean. Okay. Shall we head into it? Let's get right into it. The opening scene, super dreary. It's rainy and dark. 5 a.m. We start hearing this Greek music playing and Tula and her father are on their way to open the family restaurant dancing Zorba's. So they're in the car. There's like rain splattering down on the windshield and Gus Portokalos is like, you better get married soon. You're starting to look old. <laughs> the Greek accent will become better as we progress in the script. I feel like mine uh, is just going to be a weird mix of like Russian and vaguely yeah. Eastern European Greek. It's going to be bad. I'm so sorry in advance. <laughs> mine is not better. Okay. <laughs> But Tula's voiceover, you know, starts explaining that her dad has been saying this to her since she was 15 because nice Greek girls are supposed to marry nice Greek boys and have Greek babies and feed everyone till the day they die. So then we get like a little view into Tula's life Mm -hmm. thus far. So she talks about being a kid. You know, she was surly and hairier and darker featured than all the other blonde girls in school who like made fun of her. She sits down at lunch and a little girl asks what she's eating. And she's like, it's moussaka. And they're like, mousse caca? Ha ha ha. And I'm like, I fucking... This is why I don't like kids. So (laughs) the other girls, you know, they all went to brownies, but Tula had to go to Greek school. And then we go to Greek school. We see the teacher, you know, teaching them various phrases and whatnot. Very enthusiastically. Yeah. And she's like, you know, we learned valuable lessons. Like if Nick has one goat and Maria has nine, how soon will they marry? We go to her house. 
and she talks about her mother, Maria. She's always serving food and guilt, and she lives in a normal middle-class neighborhood, but their house (laughs) is modeled after the Parthenon and has a Greek flag garage. It's literally, like, got columns and, like, fountains and stuff. It's, like, statues all over the place, yeah. Her father believes that anything can be cured with Windex. Just spray Mm -hmm. a little bit of that shit on. You're good to go. Yeah. And she says that when she was a teenager, her father would make sure that her and her brother knew all about the important figures in Greek heritage. And we cut to this, like, scene of, um, it's her sister and her friend in the back, and he's like, give me a word, any word, and I show you how it's Greek. And then (laughs) she's like, okay, Mr. Portocalos, how about kimono? I'm like, first of all, I don't even know if that's a noun or a proper noun. You can't use proper nouns in the game. It's not fair. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, kimono, kimono. Ah, that's a good one. Ah. It's like, he's like, kimono, kimona, which means coat. Yeah. He's like, what do you put on in the winter when you're cold? A robe. Like something like that. Yeah. It's like a stretch. <laughs> it's yeah. a stretch. Yeah. So, robe, kimono, <laughs> there you go. So they pull up to the school and Tula gets out of the car and Gus calls after her and he's like, you should be proud to be Greek. Then a couple years later, Tula's grandmother came over from Greece to live with them. She's like a little bit senile, like she thinks she's still in the war. Yeah. And she thinks that everyone around her is Turkish and they're like trying to kidnap her or something. So she like says stuff in Greek and then like runs out. Everyone's running after her. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like get away from me, I assume, in Greek. And we just see like the whole family kind of in the background and Tula is just like disillusioned. Yeah. Cut back to present day at Dancing Zorba's. They're getting their restaurant ready and Maria Tula's mom and Aunt Vula come in for breakfast. Nick, Tula's brother, turns out he's working in the back as a cook. He has two jobs, to cook and to marry a Greek virgin. Mm. Aunt Vula joins her husband, Taki, who has been having breakfast with Gus, Tula's father. And Vula's like, ugh, I have a rash. And shows Gus her elbow, who sprays Windex all over it. Vula starts giving Taki shit for not waiting for her to eat. But apparently Gus wanted to talk. And he explains that he told Tula that he would send her to Greece to find a husband. And Taki's like, she'll be fine if they don't know how old she is. And Gus is like, but here's the thing. Tula won't go. It's like she doesn't want to get married. And they start, like, doing Hail Marys. It's, like, so funny. Andrea Martin is, like, absolutely incredible (laughs) as Envula. Like, she's so good. Yeah. Ugh. So then Athena, Tula's sister, comes by with her three kids. They're very rambunctious. She has this extremely thick Chicago accent. Yeah. She's like, I got to get the coffee. And I was like, whoa. It's <laughs> a lot. So she's like going on about her busy, busy day. Then Tula's cousins, Nikki and Angelo, come in. Also Angelo, played by Joey Fatone. Wild. Bro. What a renaissance (laughs) man. Yeah, so they're, like, bickering. Apparently, so they're Taki and Vula's children. And their, like, family has a dry cleaning store and a travel agency. Nikki and Angelo, like, bicker about who's opening which store. Like, it's it's very funny. So Athena is then about to leave with her kids when she knocks over some menus. And she spots a brochure for the college. Yes. She's like, Tula, what is this? 
And Tula's just like, oh, I don't know. And then Athena throws it out and then leaves with her boisterous kids. I was so surprised that she would be like, what is this? Fuck fuck off with this shit. Because I'm like, mm. don't you want your sister to like get an education or like be happy? Yeah. If that's what's going to make her happy. I did not yeah. understand that. But um, mm-hmm. so when she's gone, you know, Tula takes it out of the trash, puts it back in her pocket. Mr. Portocalos is still complaining about Tula being unmarried. And Nick joins them and he's like, don't worry, Pa, I'll get married soon. And Gus is like, oh, you have plenty of time. So Taki points out that at least Tula will always be here to help him with the restaurant. She'll never leave him. Meanwhile, Tula goes out into the alley. She takes a deep breath and sits on the crate and pulls out the brochure. At first she crumples it up, but then she straightens it out to read it. And in her voiceover, we hear her saying that she wishes that she was braver, prettier, or at least happy. But nothing ever changes. Back in the restaurant, though, just then, a beautiful man walks into Dancing Zorba's. Tula is totally stunned. She looks at him. He goes to sit down at the table with his friend. And the men start talking about a party he missed last night. And his friend, Mike shows him this photo and is like, that could have been you with your arm around her. And he's like, you already set me up with her. He tells his friend that all the women he sets him up with are the same. And then Tula comes over (laughs) and just like hovers over them. And they say hello. She starts babbling and she's like, oh my gosh, my brain just stopped for a second. Do you ever experience that your brain just stops for a second? Here I am standing here, your own private Greek statue. Ian laughs at her. Oh my god. In, a, in an endearing way. Laughs with her. Laughs with yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, he like laughs at her joke. I I'm at a loss for words because I mean I love John Corbett. Yeah. Like I always have. But him in this movie, I'm and I know I, I've said this many a time okay, but on the pod. It's different this time. <laughs> but it's different this time. This is my dream man. Well, he's so endearing. He's so lovely. Just like a beautiful kind smart teacher that's like living his life and just looking for like a woman that is actually exciting and that he cares about and as we will go on to see that he will do anything for literally anything and i love him and also he's just so hot oh my god anyways so (laughs) his friend his name is ian Mm -hmm. ian miller his friend mike asks for some more coffee and Tula just kind of stares at them. She's like, oh, my God, of course. Pours coffee into Ian's cup and then walks away. <laughs> and Mike is like, cool, fuck me, I guess. So she just, like, can't stop staring at him. I completely understand. And then Mike is like, all right, we got to go. I have a class and I'm giving a pop quiz. And Ian's like, oh, like, that's not nice. I have a test on Hamlet, but I always give them a warning. So they're, like, high school teachers. So Tula is, like, crouching behind the counter as they leave. (laughs) So Mike comes over to pay, and he's just like, you know what? You can keep the change. Later that day, Tula goes down to her father's office. At first, we see this little scene where Nick shows Mr. Portocalos a new menu design that he drew himself for the restaurant. It looks really great, but his father isn't impressed or interested at all. He totally brushes it off. So then Tula goes up to her father and tells him that she's been looking through their inventory and they've been over-ordering, and she was thinking that they should update their system and, you know, get a computer. And she says she got all A's in computers, 
but there's a lot of new stuff to learn. So if he wants, maybe she can go to college and take a few courses. And he starts breaking down. He's like, why do you want to leave me? And she's like, don't you want me to do something with my life? And he's like, yes, get married, make babies. You look so old. Oh, my God. So Gus gets up in frustration, walks out. Tula, like, starts crying. She sits down, and her mother comes over to, like, comfort her. And she says that, you know, she has a spirit. She wants to see things and learn. It's because it's from her side of the family. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to him. And Tula's like, Mom, he's so stubborn. Like, he always says, like, I'm the man, the head of the house. And she says, the man may be the head, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. Yes. Their relationship is, like, really sweet. They're very close. Yeah. I really like her family, and Mm -hmm. I think her mom is, like, she can tell that Tula really wants something different for her life. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be happy just, like, going through the motions. Like, she wants to create her own life, and she's really supportive of that throughout the whole movie. Totally. So, that night, Maria talks to Gus about Tula going to school downtown and asks him what he's afraid of, and he's like, Someone will ask her to take a bag down to the bus stop and sell dope. (laughs) He thinks that someone is going to just approach Tula with drugs and be like, yeah, you got to sell this. Sell, 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 sell. Yeah. And Tula's just going to be like, okay. This 30-year-old woman's going to be like, of course. Of course I'll sell your drugs, Mr. Drug Man. (laughs) All right. So Maria's like, she's smart. And Gus is like, so what? She is smart enough for a girl. And Maria's like, oh, do you think you're smarter than me? I do everything around here and I teach Sunday school. But luckily, I have you around to tie my shoes. (laughs) So Maria heads out, leaves Gus to think about what he said, and passes by Tula in the hallway, giving her a little nod. You know, her work is done. So Tula gets to go to college. You know, she starts experimenting with makeup. (laughs) You see her, like, answering questions in class. She, like, puts on contacts. She starts doing her hair. Mm -hmm. And, like, one thing that I love the most about this movie is that she just does all of this for her because she wasn't happy with her life. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I'm going to make changes that will make me happy. And then in turn, like, becomes more confident and is able to, like, open herself up to love. But she did this just for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think was great. And when she, like, sits down in the cafeteria for the first time, like, to have lunch, she goes, sits down table mm-hmm. by herself, and then she sees, like, these girls, like, hanging out with each other, and she's like, mm-hmm. can I sit here? And she goes and sits with them, and they talk, and she yeah. eats her sandwich, and I'm like, yes, Tula, you did this for yourself. Mm-hmm. You did this, and you wanted this, and you fucking made it happen. Damn, I just got goosebumps. This movie is so good. Yeah, so, you know, we just see her, like, kind of thriving at school. She's doing really well. And she sees this, like, bulletin for a seminar on computers and tourism. Mm. So she, like, snags it and takes it home. Yes. On the sidewalk, Tula's walking with Maria and Aunt Vula, and they head into the travel agency. She shows Vula the flyer for the seminar about tourism and computers, and she's like, I could apply what I learn at the agency, and your business would double, triple, and I could, I could, you could take a vacation. I would book the vacation for you. And she's like, but would you hire me? 
And her mother is so proud. She's just like really happy for her daughter that she's working hard and she wants to like, you know, get this new position. And Vula's like, yes. And they're so ecstatic yeah. and hugging each other. And then they walk to the restaurant and Maria's like, okay, we have to make Gus think this was his idea. Yeah, I think um, Vula and Maria are like bickering. She's like, tell me what to say, but don't tell me what to say. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So we get to the restaurant. Maria, Vula, and Gus are all sitting down in a booth. And Maria's like, okay. so, Vula, how is business? And Vula goes, oh, woe to me. Business is bad. And Gus is like, what's wrong with the business? Like, do you need money? And Maria's like, oh, no, no, no. What she means is with the two businesses, she suffers. She suffers. Uh, suffer. She's all alone all day at the agency. She gets no time with Taki because he's at the big dry cleaning store. And Gus is like, well, send Angelo or Nikki to work at the travel agency and then you can be with Taki. And then they just kind of sit there. <laughs> and Vula's like, that would be good. And Maria's like, that would be no good. Because neither Angelo or Nikki know how to use the computer. Meanwhile, Tula is just like standing there, pouring coffee and like staring at everyone. And Gus is sitting there. He's thinking and he's like, aha, I got it. Tula will go work at the travel agency and you send Nikki to work for us. And they're all like, oh, oh my God, what a smart man. <laughs> like, oh my God. Fucking placating yeah. this old man. <laughs> So funny. I love how they're interchangeably just tossing around their offspring to work at the different businesses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But when Tula gets to work at the travel agency, she's really thriving. She's doing amazing. She has, like, her headset on. Mm. And she's like, okay, let me connect you to American Airlines. Yeah. American Airlines, I want these tickets. Like, da-da-da. Yeah. She, you know, she looks great. She's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, pop off Queen, you are doing amazing. Yes. So outside, who else but Ian Miller oh my God. is getting shawarma from a cart outside of the travel agency. What? I could die. I could die. He spots Tula and immediately enthralled, entrapped. Yeah. Tula goes over to the water cooler and notices that he's staring at her. She is like taken aback. Um, he smiles and waves and then she gets freaked out. And when he's distracted, she slides down the wall behind the water cooler to hide <laughs> from him. And he looks back like, where did she go? And ends up walking away. And then Tula runs to the window to watch him walk down the street. Oh, my God. I would fucking die if I was just, like, doing my job. And then John Corbett was, like, smiling at me from the window. I would pass out immediately. I would be like, I am unwell. <sighs> I'm going to need yeah. to take the day off for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So that night, um, Tula is with her parents. They're watching TV when the doorbell rings. They're sitting, like, together on the couch that's still covered in plastic, which I thought was a beautiful detail. Turns out that Yaya was running around the neighborhood again. Oh, Yaya. Their neighbor found her and brought her back. She's like, did you lose this? And, like, Yaya is mumbling in Greek about turkey once again. And Gus is like, oh, you find my mother again. <laughs> Brings her back in. I think he starts like talking about something. And then the neighbor is just like, keep your grandmother off my lawn, yeah. out of my basement, and off of my roof. And Gus is like, 
you know what? Give me a word, any oh word, and I will tell you how the root of that word. Woman walks away. He's like, is Greek. So he brings Yaya back into the living room with everyone. He sits down. He's like, you know, Tula, there are two kinds of people. Those who are Greek and those who wish they were Greek. And Tula's just like, oh, my God, we know, and gets up and walks away. Ugh. Yeah. I do feel bad. He is such a nice man. He is a good dad. He cares about her a lot. But, yeah. like, yeah. Tula is just so done with the traditions, and she's mm-hmm. feeling so, like, disillusioned by the culture. Yeah. So the next day, Tula's at the agency again, and who else? But Ian Miller also passes by again, and Tula sees him through the window. He starts walking back and forth, like he (laughs) knows that she knows, and she knows that he knows. So Tula giggles, but she picks up a call, and Ian walks by again. He's like monkeying around and accidentally bumps (laughs) into an old lady who starts literally just going to town with her purse, beating him. Yeah. So... He finally decides to walk into the agency and Tula asks if he wants to see some brochures and gets up to go over to them. But she's wearing her headphones and literally snaps back (laughs) onto her back and falls. Yeah, it gets absolutely clotheslined by her headset. Exactly. But they start chatting behind the desk. She's like, I'm Tula. And he's like, I'm Ian Miller. Tula asks about his face. Was it a biker fight or a nose job? And he's like, you don't want to know. And then he asks her out to dinner, and she agrees. Oh, my God. So then we cut to their date. You know, Ian's talking about how he used to be in law school. You know, his whole family were all lawyers, but it just wasn't for him. So he switched to education. Love him. (laughs) And Tula's just like, you know, it takes a really strong person to do that. You know, Ian looks like he stepped right out of a romance novel. Like, he's wearing a suit. Like, his hair is just, like, so, like, fluffy and long and gorgeous. And he's like, well, you know everything about me then. I'm a strong vegetarian teacher. Amazing. I know. Fucking music (laughs) to my ears. (sighs) And he's like, but I don't know anything about you except that you're Greek. Yes. So he goes on to ask if she'd like to have Greek food sometime. And he's like, I know a really great place, Zorba's something. And you could tell Tula's like, you know, the color kind of drains from her face. And she's like, oh, I don't want to go there. And she reveals that her family owns that restaurant. You could tell that Tula's kind of like seeing if he remembers her. Mm -hmm. And at first he doesn't you know, put two and two together. But then he's like, I remember you. And she says uh, she was going through a phase up until now. She kind of looked like a frump girl back then. And he's like, I don't remember frump girl, but I remember you. Oh my God. I am reeling. <laughs> I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a meltdown. I was like, excuse him. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I, I'm like holding my breath. I'm like, does he remember her? How awful would mm-hmm. it feel if he didn't remember her? But he yeah. does. Of course he does because yeah. he's fucking perfect. Yes. And he's like, all right, no Greek, but how about Italian tomorrow night? Tomorrow? Like, are you making night. tomorrow night plans Instead of on eating the out day? twice this week because this week changed my fucking life. Yeah. Ladies, oh a God. man <laughs> might if he's perfect. <laughs> 
Yeah, if he's John Corbett and John Corbett only. It's John Corbett. <laughs> so the next night, Tula is getting ready for her immediate follow-up date. Uh, I'm losing my mind. She's wearing like this cute black dress and her dad comes in and he's like, where are you going? And she looks him dead in the face and she's like, I'm taking a pottery class. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, the Greeks invented pottery. Walks away. Very good. And um, Tula then is like, all right, I need to wear something else and changes into a new outfit. So on their date, Tula and Ian are just chatting away, having an amazing time. Mm. Uh, and they walk down a bridge at the marina. And Ian talks about how he's an only child. And he used to spend all of the summer in a cottage with just him and his parents. And Tula's like, well, what about your cousins? And he's like, oh, well, I only have two cousins and they live in Wisconsin. What about your family? And she is super apprehensive to talk about them. She doesn't want to really give him any answers. And he's like, okay, well, you know, what do you do for Christmas? And she's like, my mom makes roast lamb. And he's like, and you can give me a little more here. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, I'm Greek. So what happens is my dad and my uncles fight over the lamb brain. And then my Aunt Vula chases me around with the lamb eyeball because it's supposed to make you smart. And she says that she has 27 first cousins. Oh, my God. First cut Jesus. And she's like, you know, my whole family is loud and in each other's business all the time and just eating and eating and eating. And the only other people we know are Greek because you're supposed to marry Greek to create more loud breeding Greek eaters. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So he's like, wow. And she says no one in her family has gone out with a non-Greek before. And she just thinks Ian is absolutely wonderful. But she doesn't see how it's going to work out. And he's like, what's to work out? We come from different backgrounds. My life was boring. And then I met you. And you're interesting and beautiful and fun. Who doesn't have a weird family? And he says he just wants to spend some time with her. And he's <sighs> like, some time with you. A little time with you. Oh, my God. And I'm like... I'm, I'm going to fucking cry, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I am unwell. I am sick. And she's like, did he say I'm beautiful? And he kisses her. The timing on this man. I'm in love with a man and his name is Ian Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so he agrees that he did call her beautiful and they kiss yes. again. So... Ian drives her home. She, like, has him stop, like, a couple houses down instead of right outside of her house. And they kiss again. And she says goodnight. And that's when we go into this, like, whole dropping off montage. Yes. Day after day, it's, like, a kiss, goodnight, a kiss, goodnight, a kiss, but, like, more of a makeout, goodnight, a little bit more of a makeout, just... The intensity keeps getting heightened, right? Yeah. She's like straddling him at one point. It's I'm just like, how? Wild. I'm like, how do you not just have sex with him like right then and there? I can't imagine being in that position where you're like living with your parents, but you're like yeah. older, like 30, and mm -hmm. you have to like balance, you yeah. know, because like you don't have any privacy. Pretty wild. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So Tula slowly walks away from the car and Ian sighs. The tension is building. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Tula is at home and she's like singing. She's like, I'm a woman. 
W-O-M-A-N. Like, she's just going off, having a great time. Her mom is like, Tula, every time I see you, you have such a big smile on your face. How's the class? And Tula's like, hmm? She's like, your pottery class. She's like, oh, it's great. It's really it's really good. It's really good. No oh, my gosh. So later that day at the agency, Ian and Tula are Making out in the agency, pretty bold, when <laughs> yeah. Nikki, Wula's daughter, comes in. And Tula introduces them, and Nikki informs Tula that the family knows. Apparently, someone saw them making out in Ian's car, and it spread through the entire Greek community. So then we cut to the Portocala's house, where Gus is yelling at Ian, and he's like, you should have asked my permission to date Tula. And Ian's like, I'm sorry, sir, but she's 30 years old. And then eventually Ian, like, gives in and he asks Gus's permission. And Gus is like, no. And so Ian goes outside. He tells Tula that he'll see her tomorrow. And he leaves. Gus then looks at Tula and he's like, didn't I say it was a mistake to educate women? But nobody listens to me. And now we have a boyfriend in the house. Is he a nice Greek boy? No, 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 Greek. No, Greek. Exeno with the big, long hairs on top of his head. And he, like, yells some more stuff and then runs out of the room. Tula then, you know, apologizes to her mom for lying. And Maria is like, okay, maybe you're having a little romance. But end it now. And Tula's like, but I love him. And she's like, Tula, eat something. (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. <sighs> so they have dinner, and Tula is setting the table, and Maria tells her that her father has invited a friend over for dinner. It is like a setup for her from mm. her father. You know, the man is balding. No offense to balding men, but he is sweaty, and he's blowing his nose. He's a pretty gross guy. Then the next night, we see Tula and Ian at the end of their date, Ian drives Tula to his apartment and invites mm-hmm. her upstairs. Tula takes a moment to think about it, and she's like, yeah, I want to go upstairs. They walk up the steps, and we see from the window, like, he turns on the light, and she immediately, like, pounces on him. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I understand. I would do the same. The next night, another setup. This time, the man has the unibrow. The next one yeah. has a huge mustache, and the setups just keep getting you know, less yeah. and less desirable for Tula. There's that one guy that's, like, licking the spoon it's and, like, staring much. at her. It's it's pretty nasty. So then we see Tula meeting Ian's parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ian's mom asked Tula a little bit about, like, her heritage and the origin of her name. And Ian's dad is like, oh, like, what about your last name? And Ian's like, oh, yeah, like, portocallis, it means orange in Greek. And Ian's mom is like, oh, Rodney, didn't you have a Greek receptionist? And then they're like, oh, was she? And she's like, oh, no, she was Armenian. Is that close to Greece? And Tula's like, uh, not exactly. And Rodney's like, oh, no, no, she was Guatemalan. And I'm just like, what? The struggle. Yes. That night in Ian's apartment, Tula and Ian are laying in bed, and he's lying on her stomach looking at her. They both say love you to each other, and he takes a deep breath, and he's like, I don't know how to say this. Will you marry me? And Tula's like, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he gives her the ring. 
Okay, men, here's a little hot take. <laughs> this is just coming from one woman, you know? Yeah. But literally, if a guy proposed to me and didn't have the ring, I would be livid because the <laughs> ring means that he planned it, right? Yeah. And if he doesn't have the ring, this means that he kind of was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to yeah. do it. I just want to see what <laughs> sticks, toss the spaghetti on the wall. I'm like, yeah. no, you have to fucking plan this. Think about it mm. for a minute, <laughs> a week or two. Yeah. This this scene, this is definitely an ideal proposal for me. As I said in the Bride Wars episode, mm-hmm. I would love a proposal in the home. In the home. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just like, wow, you're just like in your bed. And then he proposes and then you're still in your bed and you're comfortable and it's great. You're like, you live in the bed, you eat in the bed, <laughs> yeah. you hang out in the bed, you die in the bed. <laughs> There's actually in um, in Sex and the City when Carrie is dating Aiden, who is played by John Corbett. Um, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, there's like an episode where it's like all about like their bed and how like Carrie's bed has become like their own mini New York. It's like the best restaurant because they'll like eat in bed and like blah 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 and like he kind of is more of a homebody and he like doesn't want to go out so mm-hmm. then she goes out for a night but at the end she just like wants to be with him it's very sweet why don't they end up together well she cheats on him with oh, mr big the first time they date and then she tells him and he breaks up with her two seasons after that they like run into each other and she like wants to get back together he's really reluctant because like he doesn't really trust her but he does agree and they start dating again and then they get engaged and she's like not really like excited about it like she doesn't want to wear the ring on her finger she like wears it as a necklace she like tries on a wedding dress and like has like a full body like allergic reaction so she asks him if they can postpone the wedding she's like i just need some more time because they're also like moving in together at the same time as well like he bought the apartment and next door and her apartment they were gonna like combine them and it was just like too much and then they go to this party it's like a white party so like they're wearing she's wearing a white dress and they're like walking home and he's like let's go get married like right now like you look so beautiful in this dress i have seen that episode Uh, yeah and she's like no like i told you i need more time and he's like come on like it's just you and me like let's do this i want to lock this down like i want everyone to know that you're mine and she was like you still don't trust me and he didn't and then they break up it's really sad he was like the best dude that she ever dated. Yeah, he sounds like the best guy. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, <sighs> to be fair, that was like the trust was broken when she cheated. Yeah. They weren't the match. Yeah. That sucks though because I don't think like Big is like nice. But no, I, guess I hate Big. For him, I mean for her if she lo- – this is not the movie we're talking <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <sighs> okay. Anyways – Oh, back on track, back on track. So we go to the Portocollis house. Yes. Gus is like sitting fully in the dark in, in his chair in the living room. The drama. Yeah. Maria comes into the living room. She like turns on the lamps one by one. And then she's just like, enough. It's enough. They love each other. It's done. He's just like, how could she do this? He's like going on and on and on. Is he a good boy? I don't know. Is he from a good family? I don't know. Is he respectful? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because nobody talks to me about nothing no more. A respectful boy would come here and ask for my permission. 
That was so Russian. I have. I'm having a hard time, everyone. Yeah, it's hard. It's. I'm like. I don't know that. It's like meatier than Russian. It's not yeah. as sharp, but I. Yeah, it's it's less um, <laughs> like the sound. It's less that. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I never took I'm a like, dialect coach class. Coach me. Coach me. <laughs> Put, me Put me in, in coach. coach. <laughs> So he wants them to be married in the Greek Orthodox Church. He's just like, why is she doing this to me? And Tula walks outside on the porch, takes a breath of fresh air. She can hear her parents talking about her engagement inside. So the next day, Tula goes to visit Ian while he's teaching at school. Mm-hmm. You know, he sees her standing outside his door. So he excuses himself from the class. Like, to the kids, he's like, try not to be too loud. Like, he's clearly the coolest teacher <laughs> in the school. I would have probably had a huge crush on him. So Tula then gets him in the hallway and she's like, let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Niagara. Let's go to Fiji. Do you want to go to Fiji? And he's like, okay. And she's like, okay, let's go. And he's like, what? Like, what's the matter? And she's like, I just feel like we can't get married like this because when I'm with you, I am so happy, but my family is so unhappy. And like our wedding should be this joyous thing, but it won't be for them because it can't happen at their church because he's not Greek Orthodox. Mm -hmm. So Ian reminds Tula that he loves her and she's like, why? And he tells her, because I came alive when I met you. Fucking skewer me. Jesus Christ. And Tula is so worried about her family. Ian says he'll do anything to get them to accept him because she is his whole life now. And they're not going to skulk off and get married somewhere. So then we cut to the restaurant. Maria is trying to get Gus to go and talk to Ian, who is like waiting very patiently for him at a booth. Gus finally goes over and everyone's just like staring. And he's like, so... You're going to be baptized at the church tomorrow. Hmm? And he's like, you know, it's your lucky day to get baptized at the Greek Orthodox Church. And that Nikki is going to be his godmother. <laughs> and then we pan over to Nikki, who is, like, fixing her boobs in her, like, low-cut top. It's great. And then Gus starts going into the Greek origins of the word baptism. Mm-hmm. The baptism is so wild. I've never been to a baptism. Nikki is rubbing this oil all over Ian's chest. It looks so <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Um, and he gets baptized in a blow-up kiddie pool while the family watches. And Tula tells Nick that any minute now he's going to look at her and be like, yeah, you're so not worth this. But Nick, being a good brother, says mm. she is worth it. Aww. After the baptism... Tula meets Ian in the back room of the church, and he's like, I'm Greek now. And she just throws her arms around him and is like, thank you. Ladies, a man will never get baptized for you. Ladies, a man will never get into a blow-up <laughs> kiddie pool as a full-grown adult to get baptized yeah. to be married in your Greek Orthodox church. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the best man that I've ever seen in a movie. Ah. So then we go to the restaurant where they're having a huge party for Easter. So Tula teaches Ian how to say Happy Easter in Greek, which is Christos Anesti. And um, he's struggling. I think he says like Chistro Nasty. And she's like, that was close. (laughs) Good job. 
Um, when Mr. Portocollis walks by, Ian tries saying it to him. And as Gus walks away, he's like cursing under his breath. And he's like, when my people were writing philosophy, your people were still swinging from trees in Greek. And Tula hears this and she just goes, he likes you. Ay, ay, ay. So Athena walks out of the kitchen arguing with her husband and Maria's husband goes over to them. And he's like, you better get your plugs because if the Portocolos women aren't nagging somebody, they die. <laughs> and Tula's just like, ooh, I can't wait. You're going to be in so much trouble when I tell my sister you said that. Mm. Suddenly, everyone comes up to Tula and Ian, and they're so excited. They ambush Ian and crowd around him and start kissing him. Yeah, she's like, oh, sorry, this is Ian. They're all like, Ian, rush him. And they, like, push Tula to the back yeah. of the room. So then the food is brought out and everybody rushes to the buffet. There's live music. People are dancing. Nikki and Taki are dancing. Some of Tula's cousins go up to her and like to see the ring. And one of her cousins is like, does he have any brothers? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I would also be asking the same. Yeah. Nick goes over to Ian and is like, I've never seen my sister this happy. And I'll kill you if you hurt her. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, look at your face. It's just a joke. And he's like, good one. No, a good one is I got a gun and I, I swear I'll jam it <laughs> right up here. And he's like, got you again. Got you. Yeah, got you again. Just kidding. I like you. I like you when I take out your kidneys. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I don't I do not yeah. know what to do at this point <laughs> in my life. I don't know. Do I agree? Do I pretend? I do not know. So Nikki calls over to Angelo, and he's like, hey, Angelo. And Angelo's just like, we're going to kill him. <laughs> just trolling poor Ian. So funny. Yeah. So the dancing begins. Like, Nick, like, does this really cool, like, jump over to the dance floor. They're all like. Honestly, I think Nick is very attractive. Yeah, Nick is super hot. <laughs> Definitely into Nick. <laughs> Yeah, he, like, does his dance, and they're all like, Opa! And then Aunt Vula comes over. This is my fucking favorite scene in this whole movie. She goes over to Ian and Tula, and she's like, Oh, Ian, let me touch your hair. This was improv, by the way. She yeah. just forgot her lines and was like, Let me touch your hair. <laughs> so she's, like, playing with his hair, and then she's like, When you come over to my house, I'll cook for you. And Tula's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And Vula's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm the best cook in the family. Didn't you tell him? And she's like, no, no, I, I told him like many times. It just, it might be a little tricky because Ian's a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. And then Vula's like, he don't eat meat? What do you mean he don't eat no meat? Meanwhile, everyone is like, Everyone yeah. stares. Complete <laughs> silence. <laughs> and they're just staring at him and she's like, Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make lamb. And then everyone goes right back to partying. Oh, fucking amazing moment. Iconic. And then, you know, Maria and Vula go over to dance. And while she's dancing, Vula's like, Ian, you watch me. <laughs> and she's like dancing. It's so funny. Andrea Martin is incredible. So cut to a dinner with the Millers. The four of them <laughs> are just sitting in dead silence. And Ian's like... So we set a date for the wedding. We're going to get married this fall. And Harriet is like, oh, I'll call the country club and see what's open. And Ian's like, 
well, actually, we're going to get married at Tula's church since her family is religious and we aren't. And she's like, hey, Tula, like, show them the brochure. <laughs> so Tula takes out what looks like a baby's scrapbook, like a yeah. fully decorated binder. Apparently, Nikki's doing... Nikki, the girl cousin, not Nikki, the brother, um, with wedding stuff in it. They booked a hall called Aphrodite's Palace for the reception. Mm -hmm. And Tula hands them the brochure, but she's like, the Parthenon backdrop is optional. (laughs) (laughs) The Millers are just kind of like, okay, not the country club then. So then we cut to the Portocolis house where they're, you know, doing a lot of the wedding planning, the preparations. The family is, like, arguing about who to invite. Like, Gus has this long, long list. And Tula's like, we just want to keep it small. It's like you'd rather go bankrupt than insult anyone from the church. And he's like, Tula, I came to this country with $8 in my pocket to make all this for you. And who knows how long I'm going to be alive. (laughs) And she's like, all right, let me see the list. So then, you know, Nick comes in with Athena's monster children. They're like wrestling him. And Maria's like hugging the children. She's like, look how big you are. And then spits on his head. Mm -hmm. And Ian's like, did she just spit on him? And Tula's like, yeah, it's for good luck. It keeps the devil away. Then Nick shows Gus the new menu design he made. Again, and Gus is, again, super dismissive, not impressed. And Nick just turns to his mom and is like, can I get some food? Boy's <laughs> trying to numb the pain through the calories, yeah. okay? And then she's like, Ian, are you hungry? And he's like, oh, no, I already ate. Okay, I'll make you something, which <laughs> is fucking exactly what my yeah. mom does to my boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm okay. Oh, oh, I'll just make you a snack then. Makes a literal <laughs> meal. Yeah. Um, Ian accidentally burns his fingertips on the hot plate and Gus just starts spraying the Windex on him. <laughs> yeah. He asks Nick how to say thank you in Greek and Nick tells him a phrase um, and Ian says it, but it translates to nice boobs. So yeah. Maria slaps Nick on the head. <laughs> yeah. I think Gus slaps him too. And he's like, oh. And then Gus is like, oh, come here. And like brings <laughs> his boy over and starts kissing him on the head. So then Nick tells Tula that he has a hookup on like getting them wedding invitations. Mm-hmm. And Tula's like, absolutely not. I don't want your shady invites that like fell off the back of a truck somewhere. No, thank you. And then Athena and Tula start like bickering about the invitations when Maria's like, don't worry, I ordered the invitations two weeks ago. So she pulls them out and passes them around. They just have like a Greek flag on the front. Yeah. It's so funny. And so they're all looking at the invitations. And then Ian's like, um, my parents' names are Rodney and Harriet, not Rodney and Harry. So on these like 500 invitations, it all says Rodney and Harry. Oh my gosh. So Nikki comes in and is like, oh my gosh, look at the earrings I found to match the bridesmaid dresses. And Tula is like, wait, what do these match? Not the fabric you showed me last week. I said I would think about it. And Nikki was like, well, that's just because you couldn't visualize this and takes <laughs> off her robe oh. revealing a god awful puffy in the 80s 80s yeah like. <laughs> tool disaster body con fluffy oh. end yeah woof. yeah big big woof so we then go to later that night tula's you know on her bed in her bedroom 
And that's when Nick shows her the brochure for the night classes that he's going to start taking at the college. He's like, I'm going to start slow, you know, with these art classes. I just want to learn more about like painting and art and stuff. And Tula's like, I think that is so great, Nick. And he's like, well, you started it. You know, you wanted to do something different and you did. And then he's like, he quote, he says this quote. I think it's like, don't let your past dictate who you are, but let it become or let it be a part of who you become. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Nick, that is so beautiful. And he's like, yeah, that dear Abby really knows what she's (laughs) talking about. (laughs) It's very cute, though. It's a sweet moment. Yeah. And it feels like. I wanted him to accomplish his dream. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No one's appreciating your art. Yeah. So, the next day, Tula is at the agency and she calls her mother. Her mother's peeling potatoes at the house. There are like piles of potatoes. Yeah. Like we're talking hundreds of potatoes. Mm-hmm. All these different, you know, vegetables waiting to be chopped up and prepared. And Tula calls to let her know that she and Ian will pick up his parents and bring them over in an hour. And she's like, Ma, what are you doing? And Maria's like, oh, I'm peeling potatoes. We didn't have enough. And Tula's like, what? There's only seven of us. And Maria's like, and the family. And Tula's like, you invited the entire family? And she's like, Ma, I told them to come for a quiet dinner and meet my parents. Maria's like, ah, they might as well meet the whole family. Oh, my God. Then Taki shows up with an entire (laughs) lamb. And she's like, put it on the spit. Oh, my God. So the car ride over to the Portocala's house is a little tense. Tula's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Then they arrive. And the Miller family is in total shock because there's, like, 50 people just standing in the front yard. Yeah. It's a party. There are, like, tiki torches everywhere. It's a full-on party. And, like, Gus is, like, roasting the lamb and everything. The Millers walk over. Ian's mom has, like, a tiny little bunt cake for the seven of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole crowd, like, swarms them. Gus pushes his way to the front, and he's like... So nice to meet you. Welcome to our home. And then he goes through and introduces every single person in the crowd, including like the 500 Nicks. It's like Nick, 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 Nicky. And he's like, and I am Gus. He just immediately goes in for a hug from both of them. Maria comes out and welcomes them. Ian's mom hands her the bunt cake. And Maria is like, oh, a bunt. A bunt cake. A bunt. A bunt. A bunk. A bunk. (laughs) It is a tough time. She can't pronounce bunt. But Ian's parents are just taken aback. They're like having a culture shock. Yeah. So Nikki fucks with Ian again and tells him to say, everyone, come in the house in Greek. It's not that. He's saying, I have three testicles. Just, Just bros being bros. Dudes being dudes. Yeah. So then we go inside the house. And Vula is showing Rodney and Harriet, like, the seashell lamp that she made. She's like, you like them? I make them. It's from Mykonos. That's where we're from. So she has them sit down on this, like, tiny couch with her and goes into this (laughs) harrowing story. Yes. She sits them down on the couch. Let me try to really get into I'll try to make this not Russian. (laughs) Now, you are family. No. That's Russian. (laughs) It's yeah. Russian. Now you are family. 
Okay. All my life, I had a lump at the back of my neck, right here. Always a lump. Then I started menopause, and the lump got bigger from the hor- hormones. It started to grow. So I go to the doctor, and he the bio the bib the bips the bio the bipsy <laughs> inside the lump. He found teeth and a spinal cord. Yes, inside the lump was my twin. <laughs> And then this woman comes over and she's like, Spanakopita, you eat? And they're both like, oh How my could I possibly God. eat food after hearing <laughs> this treacherous lump story? And it's just like, why? Why is that the story? Well, why is this how you chose to in- introduce yourself? Yeah, insane. Um, but then Tula comes over and she's like, all right, like, Let's give them some breathing room. They just got here. She says that in Greek. And Ian's like, ooh, I love when you speak Greek. (laughs) They go off, like, sit down. And then another family member comes over with Uzo. They all just start throwing them back, Mm -hmm. doing shots. Rodney and Harriet get absolutely plastered. Blackout. They, yeah. Done, so. they are seeing double. Yeah. It's it's not a good time. Gus then comes over with the lamb. He like offers them meat and they're about to pass out. So they're like, oh, no, thank you. Gus is like a little offended and then goes to give meat to other people. And then Maria comes in with the bunt cake. Because, like, when she took it earlier, she was like, there's a hole in this cake. So she put, like, a flower in the middle. (laughs) Like a whole flower pot. Yeah. And somebody yells, you fixed it. So funny. That night, Gus is complaining to Maria about how nice they were to Ian's parents. But they looked at them like they were zoo animals. I'm like, they were just drunk. I promise. They were like yeah. plastered. And he's like, "This marriage won't work. They're so dry. A family is like a dry piece of toast." <laughs> My daughter is gonna marry Ian Miller, Exeno with the toast family. And Tola overhears their conversation. She looks out the window to see her grandmother running off once again, trying to sneak out in the sprinkler system coming on. I don't know if I explained it when I said it the first time, but. Exeno means like stranger, uh, like foreign person. So. It reminds me of the word. Oh, it reminds me of the word xenophobia. Exeno, mm-hmm. xenophobia. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the next day, we see Ian and his friend Mike at school. And he's like, you know, I can't ask you to be my best man because, you know, you're not Greek Orthodox. But like, you, you're my best man, technically. And Mike is like, oh my god, I'm touched. You know, just get me a little badge that says best man. (laughs) And he's like, you know, this girl's family, you know, they're really putting you through the ringer. And um, Ian's like, yeah, but, you know, I love her, so it's fine. And then he's like, also, like, Tula's got a lot of single cousins. I could set you up. Mm -hmm. That night, Tula's in her bedroom. She is sitting in her bed and her mom is like, what's wrong? So she asks Maria if this wedding is killing her father. And Maria is like, he just wants you to be happy. And Tula says she is. Maria tells her that in her village, they had many wars. And her mother always said, we are lucky to be alive. And Maria thought, we're not lucky when they are telling us where we should live and what we should eat. Nobody has that right. And then she sees her kids. They came here for them 
so they could live their own lives. Then Yaya comes into the room, and she has this big seashell box with old pictures of her when she was younger, and she has this, like, traditional flower crown headband that was probably from her wedding, and she puts it onto Tula's head, and Tula's, like, looking through all these pictures and these, like, memories. Mm. It's very touching. Yeah, there's, like, a really beautiful shot of the three women, like, looking in the mirror, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. the generations. Like, it's it's lovely. I'm like, also, how much is Yaya actually, like, in our reality? Like, how much is she picking up on? It's hard to tell. I don't know. Because she seemed very with it in this moment. So the next day, the big day, the wedding day, in the morning, we see the house. It's like full of presents. Tula is sleeping when she's awoken by a ringing phone. And she goes downstairs to tell her mom that like the band needs to be picked up from the airport and then sees every single woman in her family is waiting for her in the kitchen. <laughs> They're all like, oh my god, Tula. They're all like getting ready. Nikki has like full-on bleach for her stash going on. And they all go up to Tula and they're like, wait, what is that? Tula touches her, her chin, and she feels uh, a huge zit. I would be having a fucking meltdown. Dude, I would lose it. I would absolutely lose it. I could see you losing it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be the that would be the thing that would push me over the edge on my wedding day. Yeah. So Tula books it upstairs. Everyone's trailing behind her. She looks at the full length mirror and she's like, oh my God. Someone offers to go get cover up. And Nikki comes into the room. He takes a photo of the ladies getting ready. And yeah. they literally accost him. They fucking beat that shit right out of his yeah. hands and throw him out the room. <laughs> In the hall, Mr. Portocalos gives Nikki his tux. And Tula asks him to go to the airport and pick up a band. And he mentions Tula's zit. He tells her to put some Windex on it. Yeah. So everyone is, like, poking and prodding Tula. They're, like, trying to figure out this situation when Maria comes in. And she's like, Tula, I need to talk to you. Meanwhile, Vula is fully, like, plucking Maria's, like, chin hairs during this conversation. So she's like, tonight is such an important night because you have womanly duties. Oh, my lord. She leans in and she's like, I will tell you what my mother told me on my wedding night. The Greek women... We may be lambs in the kitchen, but we are tigers in the bedroom. And Tula's like, ew, please let that be the end of that sentence. <laughs> so the photographer is here and ladies all rush to get ready. They paint their nails, put on their pantyhose. Fucking classic. Yeah. And they tease their hair. Maria brings in this huge, beautiful dress. It's like kind of sparkly. And Vula announces to everyone that Tula is ready. She, you know, it's a full body shot. Oh, my God. The dress is incredibly puffy. Uh, yeah. It looks kind of insane. Yeah. But, you know, whatever is traditional, Tula's is doing it. <laughs> yeah. She still looks gorgeous. It's just not for me. Yeah. I can't remember what she says. She says, like, 
I look like a like a puff pastry something or something with, like that. Something to do with like snow. Oh, I look like the Snow Queen or something. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. I don't know. So then we get to the church for the wedding. We have a great like overhead shot of the two sides of the church, like one for the bride side, mm-hmm. one for the groom side. The bride side fucking packed. Ian side, there's like 15 <laughs> people. <laughs> it's pretty bleak. So after the 20 bridesmaids my make their way down the aisle, I'm like, damn, this is going to be fucking my wedding because I have so many bridesmaids in mind already. I'm like, fuck. Well, my husband better have a lot of friends. <laughs> so after they all take their place, Gus walks Tula down the aisle. You know, all of her relatives are like spitting on her dress. Rodney and Harriet look a little horrified. The ceremony starts p- taking place. Obviously, it's in Greek. And Harriet's like, how are we supposed to understand what's going on? And then Rodney's like, <laughs> it's all Greek to me. Ha ha ha. As the ceremony is taking place, um, one of Tula's cousins is making eyes with Ian's friend, Mike. And Tula explains to Ian after, you know, much, much ongoing yeah. <laughs> speaking and traditions that now mm-hmm. it is time for them to take their first steps as husband and wife. Then they kiss, and the wedding song plays. Ian and Tula leave the church and head into this ornately adorned, <laughs> um, you know, white long limo with the Greek flags on it. So in the limo, Tula is, like, wiping, like, the 6,000 layers of makeup off her face. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, you know, trying to take off the many, many layers of tool and puff that she's been buried in the like the necklaces all that so they're just like laughing joking having a great time they pull up to aphrodite's palace and tula's like do we have to go in there and ian's like come on let's go and then tula takes a moment to like check her zit in the mirror and she's like oh it's going down thank god and she's like, I woke up with a huge zit this morning. And he's like, oh, my God, so did I. And she's like, where? He's like, well, it's gone now. I put some Windex on it. <laughs> Gets out of limo. And Tula's like, are you kidding me? At the reception, Tula and Ian sit at their table at, like, the head of the room. And everyone chats and they're dancing. And then Mr. Portocalos begins to make a speech. Will goes over to sit with the Millers, and she's like, uh, this is um, very traditional to like for the father to make a speech and give a gift in the yeah. wedding. So Mr. Portocalos talks about how last night he realized Miller actually comes from the Greek word for apple, Milo. There you go. <laughs> and Portocalos comes from Portocoli, which means orange. So we have here apples and oranges. We're different but in the end, we are all fruit. He goes over to Tula and Ian, and he gives them a gift. And Tula opens up the envelope, and she's like, oh, my God, he bought us a house. I'm crying. I was crying like a fucking baby. I was just like, so... The love. The love. The way that, like, he looks at her, like, he looks at his daughter, I was just like... Yeah. It's so sweet. So he goes over to Ian and he actually hugs him. He's like fully accepting him into the family. You know, Tula and Gus like hug. Everybody's crying. I'm crying. And then, you know, the music plays. Tula and Ian are like, come on, like, let's go dance. Let's go dance. They go up to the Millers. 
you know, they tell them that it was a really nice wedding. At first, Harriet, like, declines dancing. She's like, I think I need a little more ouzo before I do. So they throw back a shot. They get up. Rodney's like, come on, Harry, let's go. <laughs> so then we pan over to Vula, who's sitting on Taki's lap. And she's just like, oh, Taki, he looks Greek. Ah. So then, you know, the parents, the in-laws, and the whole family, they're all dancing together, like, in a circle. It's like a traditional Greek dance. So then we hear Tula's voiceover. Sometimes I'm afraid that it didn't happen. I'm scared that I'll wake up and be buttering garlic bread, waiting for my life to start. But it did happen. It did. And I figured out some stuff. My family is big and loud, but they're my family. And yes, we roast lamb on a spit in the front yard. And wherever I go, whatever I do, they will always be there. Ah, so sweet. Yeah. The way that his parents even, like, they're a little crazy and eccentric, but his parents end up still really getting along with the family. I think it's really beautiful. So flash forward to six years later, Tula has a little voiceover again, and she says, So Ian and I moved into the house my parents bought us. A minute later, I was pregnant, and six years later, it was our daughter's turn to go to Greek school. And Tula's daughter tells her that she wants to go to Brownies, but Tula promises her, instead, she can marry anyone she wants. And so they start walking to the Greek school. Turns out their house is next door to her parents' house. And they, like, wave, like, where are you going? And she's like, Greek school. It's so, this movie is so good. It's just so genuine and honest. And I feel like they are discovering, like, Tula has an internal conflict instead of just, Mm -hmm. like, shit and crap, like, happening to her, making her life horrible. It's more of, like, discovering who you are, figuring out Mm -hmm. what you want to do with your life. Yeah, and I'm so happy that it didn't go the route of, like, oh, like, the family, like, it leads to, like, Ian and Tula breaking up, but then they realize, like, we didn't have to deal with that cliche bullshit. Like, the relationship was steady and fine Mm -hmm. the whole time. Any of the conflict was just, like, the family conflict, but even that, it wasn't, like, huge blow-up fights, or it's just, like, it felt very real and normal, and... It's a very touching movie and also just, like, so fucking funny. Yeah. I think the quotes are just hilarious. Yeah. The actors do an amazing so job. So good. I yeah. love the actor that plays her father in this film. I think his timing is impeccable. Yeah. He came out of retirement mm-hmm. for this movie. It's from, like, he transfers seamlessly through the touching moments yeah. to the funnier moments and, like, the more outrageous moments. Oh, it's it's such a strong ensemble. Like, yeah. it really feels like a family. Like, that's so clear. Yeah, I think it makes for a really easy watch. Like, you don't yeah. have to put a lot of, like, mental strain to, like, be able to watch this movie. It's just mm-hmm. fucking delightful. Yeah. You should watch it today. Watch it tomorrow. Yeah. It's a good Sunday movie for when you mm. – want to just like enjoy yourself there's not a not a single thing i would change Mm -hmm. it really reminded me of um my family's like eccentric traditions or just like Mm -hmm. i honestly because i have a smaller family but Mm -hmm. my mother's side is from uh serbia so it's like very much like you eat you cook you get married you make babies you cook Mm -hmm. for your husband you know that whole thing and it's just really like 
I like seeing this narrative of like mm-hmm. the immigrant family and just like the love and also the tradition and the culture and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, marrying a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just makes you think. I think this movie makes you think about mm-hmm. your future, but in a good way, you know, yeah. how you want to live and the joy. She doesn't even do anything like she's not like, I became the first Greek president of the United States or no, like, yeah. I became a female CEO. She's just like, mm-hmm. I wanted a better job. I wanted to do something that I enjoyed and I wanted to have a family on my own terms. And yeah. she accomplishes all of that. You can change your life if you want to. Is that a song or are you just like melody? No, okay, I'm okay. just I'm just riffing. Okay. Anyways. I was thinking of the song. It's like, you can change your hair if it won't grow. You can oh, yeah. <laughs> you can change your life if you want to. <laughs> oh, All right. Shall we rate this movie? Yeah. Damn. I want to give it a really high rating. I want to give it a 10 personally. I'll give it a 10. I'll give it. I'm feeling good right now. I'll give it a yeah. ten. I yeah. I think that's good because the nine feels like I'm just trying not to give it a ten. Yeah, there's like not a single change I would make. I felt amazing watching it. Oh yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, and that's like what is important. Like, <sighs> pop off. I'm not gonna. Linguini. I'm like pop off. <laughs> I'm trying not to like go off into a rant, but like I know what you're talking about. Though. The measure of like good art should be like how much you enjoy it, and yeah. not because like did I have I ever enjoyed myself watching a Tarantino movie? No. Okay, I have, but I do understand where you're coming from. Well, I've only seen one, but the one I saw, I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But this movie. I've watched it a million times, and I still feel the same way I did the first time I watched it in terms of how much I laugh, how much I feel. Probably even more now that I'm older. Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. I get the art house avant-garde, you know, wild psychological ride of some movies, and I really do enjoy it sometimes. I just think it's Mm -hmm. important not to get so lost in that whole critique and like idealism that you lose sight of movies that just make you joyful and happy absolutely yeah yeah every like piece of art has its function and not all of them have to be the same exactly and sometimes something can just be for you to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that it's less than that is my rant for the day all right okay Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. I had a great time recording today. Yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Just a good mood. It's a good weekend. Mm. Yeah. Watch something that makes you happy, guys. Yeah. And then tell us what that movie is so we can cover it. And where can you tell us? <gasps> On our Instagram. Oh. You should totally follow us. It's Movies That Raised Us. We're always posting some fire content. Yes. And by we, I mean Mo, because Mo is killing it. Oh, Christina's stories are great, too. They're so good. A fun <laughs> poll. It lifts your spirits. I do enjoy a poll, so you should follow us on there. Vote on our polls. They're very fun. Um, You can also follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Yes. We appreciate all your listenership, and we hope that you have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.